the Sharks ring in the new year in similar fashion to the way that they ended the last year <laughs> with a loss. They lose to the Detroit Red Wings 5-3. to three. We'll talk about that and more after this. But first, if you want to be a part of the show and join the Chompversation, chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Check us out on YouTube. Check us out on the X Machine. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Threads, Discord, TikTok, and all of the shenanigans on Reddit. Check all of that and more out on TealTownUSA.com. Support the pod over at Venmo as well at Teal Town USA. Of course, the donations that you kindly give us go to the Get Puck Guy New Internet Fund. So, <laughs> again, we really appreciate it. And uh, I'm happy to be uh, joined by uh, Mr. Felix Chow. Felix, how are you doing this evening? Doing pretty good. Pretty good. How about you? You know, Felix, eh, we start the uh, we start the new year quite similarly to the uh, the way the old the old one ended, and I don't know, man. I, I mean, we're we're in a nine game skid. Um, the Sharks, you know, we had talked about having good uh, good leads, good fundamentals, showing us good physical traits out on the ice. I think that they did that tonight. They had some really good resiliency. I think that they had a lead. Uh, They squandered it, which I think a young team does. I think this is the kind of loss that you kind of want want to have. But to mire it within the nine-game skid that the Sharks are on now, it's repetitive. Uh, I mean, I don't know. We don't know how many ways to kind of split this cat by, by this point. I think we all kind of know where this is going. I don't think that the team is necessarily tanking on purpose. I, I just, you know, you continually look out on all the teams the Sharks face, and it's just every night we come on and say consistently overwhelmed by talent, consistently overwhelmed by talent, consistently overwhelmed by talent. And I think that this roster as constructed is the worst in the NHL. And I think this roster as constructed – um, we will finish with the best odds for first overall. Yeah, you would not be far off there. I feel like every every game I've watched on this skid, um, and especially early on in this season, we know what that was like. Um, I feel like I'm watching basically more times than not men against boys. Like, let's face it. Like, and honestly, like, um. You know the they're trying, like you said, like they're they're trying to you know get them get that morale up, get that confidence up, but it's just you know it, it, at this point you take what you can get, <laughs> right? And then it's just like uh, yeah, and and Dave Dave be in the chat, right? I mean, eleven in a row, very likely. I mean, yeah, you're you're absolutely right, and and I think for myself. When I'm looking at the team and and I preach what I preach, 
I, I'm wanting to see some consistency in the way in which their game is presented. I, I want to see some consistency in which the way in they defend their own zone. And if they were doing those kind of things and, and just kind of getting beaten because there was a lack of offense, that wouldn't bother me so much. But to consistently lose in the manner that they're losing, right? They're losing, you know, five to three, or they're losing, you know, four to one, or it, it's it's consistently by at least two goals or more. I'd like to see what the stats are on the season, actually, for number of games that they've lost by two goals or more. I I want to see them start to pull that in a little bit more. You know what I mean? I I want to see them be a little bit more competitive in in a in a sense in which they're starting to lose closer games. Right now, I mean, this is the, the gulf is 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 huge between you know the, the this team and and pretty much every team in the NHL at this point. Um, and and again, I'm not advocating for this team to consistently fight for the mushy middle. You know, I'm not I'm not advocating for the team to win a bunch of games only to lose, you know, into the playoffs because they didn't do a proper rebuild. But what I am asking for is is to see a product or or at least see a team in which I see the majority of the guys pulling in the same direction. Right now, I don't know that I see that from this team. And I mean, we've we we haven't had playoffs in, in a while, and I think it's still going to be at least a, at least two to three years before the team starts to sniff, um, you know, you know, trying to be back into contention. Um, but I would have liked to have seen some more progress in the arc by now. Um, and that's that's kind of scary because it kind of shows us how far back the team is. Yeah, no, I mean, again, like we touched on it, we, we touched on it like just a minute earlier, like the talent level to me, like obviously when you don't have, have as nearly as much talent as you'd like, you want everybody pulling on the same rope. But I feel like to, to sort of echo your thoughts, um, there have been more passengers than drivers on his team. And, you know, and that's unfortunate. It's just... It's one of those things where, like, you kind of pull your hair out and just be like, like, what's it going to take? You know, like, essentially, like, where are we at with this? You know, and it's just getting a pulse on his team is like, it just feels like every loss just feels like it pushes sort of that progress just a couple, like, you know, a couple steps back. And it's just, it, it's it's definitely very... Um, discouraging, and it's yeah, it's it's tough. Yeah, I mean, I mean, just looking at the the ice time utilizations tonight, right? And and you look at a guy like like Philip Zadina, who who's coming into the team, and and you're you're wanting him to be a, a piece that could potentially rejuvenate, and and by gosh, you wish you you'd see that first line talent that he was drafted at, but. You know, alas, I don't think we'll ever see that from him at this point. Um, but to resurrect his career as a second or a third liner, a guy who could, you know, chip in a, a nice, fantastical goal every once in a great while, but just be consistent. And and yet, you know, he sees eight minutes and fifty nine seconds of ice time tonight. And 
that's really disappointing. Um, I think you you look at a guy like Mike Hoffman who look he had a lot of deeks tonight in, in on that breakaway, but again, it, it's just a guy in which you 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 want to see some elevation in that shot. There there was no elevation and there was no there was no force on the shot afterwards. So again, I'm just, I'm seeing a bunch of pieces that I don't know if they necessarily want to be there. I don't know if they necessarily want to um, be on this type of a team. I don't think, you know, I don't think losing helps at all, (laughs) but again, they had to have that talk about professionalism early on in the season you're wondering if maybe that's starting to creep in again. I I don't know. It's it's tough. I and again, I'm not advocating for the team to go, you know, and, and go streak ten wins. But I do want to see a little bit more consistency in the game, and and sprinkle in a good hard fought win every every once in a great while. Um. And I mean, look, we got we got Burge coming in saying the Sharks are on pace to finish with 45 points. That would break the record of the 16-17 Avalanche, who had 48 for fewest um, for team playing an 82 game season. I mean, uh, we got Dave with Mike Hoffman's well past his prime. We really shouldn't expect much from him. He's a fourth liner. Totally agree. Um, oh, again, and you know, I'm kind of coming in with you know, Bordalo and Gushkin on the CUDA and bringing them up. But here's the thing with Bordalo and Gushkin. Are they really ready yet? And, and, and not only that, but I don't know if John McCarthy's the right guy to be developing them. I, what I, I and I hate to be, I, I hate to be cr- hypercritical and, and and you probably love the guy as far as the personality, but his career was always a two way and a, and a two, you know, kind of like a quadruple a type player where he's not good enough to stay in in the in the um in the AHL but not good enough to stay in the NHL. And that was kind of always John McCarthy's rap, right? And, and so he never really understood the rigors of everyday NHL hockey. And you wonder if that lack of experience coupled with a lack of coaching experience in general because of the way in which he graduated directly from being a, a player to a player coach to then becoming the head coach. I mean, I don't know what he said to Mike Greer, but he must have sweet-talked something into his ear saying that this is is a team in which he can and develop players. And, and I think that that's really my main issue with the development pipeline at this moment is you can have all the number one overalls that you want and and we saw 
Edmonton and in the way in which they had multiple number one overalls and didn't have a culture in which to bring them up. So, Felix, I ask you, would you be concerned with a number one overall, regardless of who it is, but just a number one overall type talent coming into this development system and, and quite frankly having his growth stunted because of it? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'll be uh, I'll be completely honest and say that I don't really keep up with the Barracuda as much as I should, but, like, I've definitely heard the concerns I've heard, you know, I mean, <laughs> Ian has, you know, talked about it ad nauseum, you know, when he's been, when he's been on the show, and, like, you know, I completely agree, like, I, like, just because you have a, just because you win first overall and drop your, you know, Celebrinis or McDavid's, you know, at all, um, doesn't mean they're, I mean, of course, unless his name is McDavid, but like, doesn't mean you're going to develop that, you know, prospect well. And, you know, you, you know, and you have to have sort of a good system, a good structure in place and just, you know, and you want your prospects to develop good habits, right? You want them to be ready for the, for the National Hockey League. And when you have a system that doesn't inspire a lot of confidence, yeah, I would say there's, <clears throat> excuse me, I would say there is um, plenty of concern to go around. And yeah, like again, like I haven't watched really <laughs> a lot of games or you know just like one part of one game. But McCarthy maybe isn't. I I do echo that. that McCarthy maybe isn't the best man for the job and you know uh it, it'll be interesting to see uh what will happen you know down the line and 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 look I I'm not saying that that a player cannot come in and be a, a, a successful head coach and I'm not saying that you know NHL time is required but what I am saying is the most successful coaches within the NHL have either a coached in Canadian junior or and or college hockey and or was a player in the NHL with a lot of longevity. John McCarthy has neither coached in junior has neither coached in college and has neither been a long-term NHL player. So what is John McCarthy's claim to success? And again, I'm I am so happy that his that his health and and that you know him as a person is is great and and I love him as an assistant coach and being part of the development staff. No problem with that. But when you're starting to entrust the future of the organization to somebody who who doesn't have those kind of credentials, then I start to kind of perk up my eyes a little bit. The you know what the I have an answer for you for those questions. It the and the answer is he's a former shark. <laughs> really, that's what it comes down to, isn't it? Yeah. No. I, I, I think I think so. I, I, I think so. Um, I'm in kind of quickly coming in with Eklund is pissed off tonight. Um, I mean, yeah, I, I, I he, yeah, I mean, the the the, the follow through high stick, the follow through is only good 
<laughs> it's only good when your stick arches up, right? When you start to bring it yeah. back down again, yeah, you you start to incur the wrath of the of, yeah. of the of the refs that, there. That's what I thought because I was like, because at first I was like, okay, so because on the replay they're showing the, they're showing the follow through. I'm like, okay, so that's the follow through. But then his stick kind of starts coming down on the dude, and you know, intentional or not, that's you know, clear, uh, clear cut high stick. So. Yeah, I mean, look. Again, the the follow through is there for and and the follow through actually was really a bygone. It's it's a bygone standard from the slap shot era, from when you had big guys like Shea Weber or heck even oh thank you Jerry appreciate it we got a, a quick super chat coming in uh, from Jerry sure. F thanks for the great coverage as usual. Oh, Appreciate it, dude. Appreciate it. Um, so uh, quickly, where I was going back with that. So the follow through was mainly for p- proprietors of the slap shot. So Shea Weber or like a Brett Hole back in the day, or you know, just somebody with a big cannon who needed to wind up. And again, when you are flexing your stick backwards, you don't have a lot of control there, and especially when you're trying to go take a shot. Right. It's like a it's like a QB who's in the middle of throwing a pass is executing a pass right and that's yeah. when they start to protect the player who is yeah. making the pass or who's making the wind up shot so mm-hmm. yeah yeah <laughs> oh I mean and Dave I mean Dave's saying I mean where do the officials expect the stick to go the follow through is the whole motion. Again, when when he kind of deviates off of uh, a straight line path, and and like I said, he kind of does a diagonal motion when he brings the stick back in, and it's not, you know, kind of a fully laid out motion in, in one fell swoop. I think that that's where he got in trouble. And and Felix, I mean, echo if I'm wrong, but I, I mean that's where I saw it be where, where the issue yeah. be. Yeah, no, that's where I kind of got it to. I was like, okay, so that's kind of what what there was, what they were arguing about. So yeah, yeah. So anyhow, we'll uh, we'll quickly then. I mean, we've we've kind of beat the dead horse um, as far as you know where the sharks are, where you know what what we saw this evening. Um, But quickly, we'll go over the scoring. Uh, The sharks. Um, and the Red Wings uh, start off uh, with uh, Daniel Sprong getting a power play goal, 6-11 uh, at, in the first period, and that would make it a quick one nothing uh, Detroit lead. Zetterlin would come back and score his 11th of the season, and you know Fabian Zetterlin, what can we say, a guy, again, that wasn't expected to do a lot, um, but a guy who I think we're now starting to see maybe is kind of one of those diamond in the roughs, um, a guy who, you know, seemingly plays a similar style as the Timo. I don't know what Zetterlin's ceiling is at the moment because I think that there are times where he makes some really, really brilliant plays in front of the net. And then I think there are some times where he needs to work on himself in the defensive zone. And yep. all forwards <laughs> all forwards need to do that. But, yeah. you know, he got victimized tonight on one of those goals. Yeah, we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, quickly uh, from there, uh, going in. So, quickly after that first period, I'll I'll give out the uh, the shots on goal. 
So let's see here. Where's the shots on goal by? Okay. The totals here, because I, I actually have them up here. The total uh, shots on goal ended up being Detroit 31, Sharks uh, San Jose 27. Okay, awesome. Yeah, so so again, and it was pretty close in that first period. It was, I think, about 10 shots so per per side, I think, if I remember correctly. Yep, yeah, so the first period shots, sorry, I should have started from period by period. But first period was, um, yes, the Sharks leading the shot uh, count 11 to 8. So again, you know, it was kind of a good back and forth, um, and I thought that the Sharks uh, played well. Uh, again, this was where I was saying um, I was liking what I was seeing with the Sharks. They were tied up at the end of the first period. It's exactly what you want to see. In the second period, um, JT Confer uh, would end up getting his ninth of the season. Uh, that would come at six oh seven. Uh, this was, I think, the play in which Fabian was kind of left his defenseman out, hung it out to dry a little bit, um, and they got an ISO real, you know, real down low, and they were able to jam it home. Um, but the Sharks would come back late in that second period at 18:54. Justin Bailey getting his second of the season, good to see, and Mario, yeah, and Mario Ferraro with the with the the uh, the shot out at the point in which uh, Justin Bailey comes in and he's able to you know get a stick on it and you know again you you look at this this guy he's a journeyman you you like to see the good story you like to see him um you know do well is he a long-term piece i don't think so but again a nice little story good good to have him contribute and uh good to see um you know an ahl guy being being rewarded for for his time you know in in the trenches so to speak okay so uh from there going in uh from that second period of what was the shots on goal uh felix for the uh second at the end of the second it was detroit 14 sharks eight yeah so this one i think definitely the sharks um were on the I would say on the, the defensive for most of the period, yeah. um, and I think that, that in in general, this is kind of where we started to see this, the decline of the Sharks, kind of early on in that period, and really kind of at the last kind of two minutes, we saw the jolt from from them. So uh, going into that third, um, the end of the third period, I, this is where I felt that the team kind of, I don't know, didn't seem all that much into it. If if it seem if that seems um, valid, I mean Felix, I mean they it, it seemed like when they first started out at that that third period, it just seems like they were letting Detroit kind of dictate the pace of play. And once the Sharks scored, and the Sharks would score at nine twenty four in, in that third period, and Bear Bonif would get his second of the season, so that's nice to see him, you know, get on the score sheet. But it just seemed like there was a marked lack of of focus and it didn't seem like the energy level was was there in that third period i mean because then you got you got in quick succession david perron uh, he'd end up um getting the uh, the tying goal at 1055 um and that would come on the power play uh and then david perron again would score and that one would be uh assisted by lucas raymond um and that would give detroit the lead at 1830 and then you know they get the empty net at 1954. Um, but 
I don't know. I just felt I, I just felt that the team when they came out in that third period came out on flat foot. Did you see that? Like to, to me, <clears throat> to, to me, I think like yeah, like Detroit had their they definitely dominated uh, playing parts. I feel like it was to me it kind of and of course this could be me remembering like a, a different part of the, that period, but. Um, I felt like it was kind of back and forth, but at the same time, I did see like once you know these sharks, I guess let off the gas pedal and just like you know didn't like keep at it. Detroit just did their thing, and you know obviously we know what happened. So it's yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's just like you know you. It, you... And it didn't seem like it was a lack of of physical effort though you know what i mean like because right. it seemed like right. it seemed like the bodies were into it it just seemed like yeah. they kind of had like a blackout between the ears you know what i mean yeah no it's it was and of course you know Zimmerman, as we mentioned earlier he kind of uh misses a uh detecting a passing lane which uh, ultimately resulted in a uh, goal by detroit um but i think that was the uh cross scene play on the power play i have noted down but that was that was one of those where I'm like, um, is somebody going to cover that lane? <laughs> like, I mean, that it's just so clear cut and it's just like they didn't get that. And yeah, no. So it's on that on that sort of point, I, I do agree that there was sort of like a mental lapse there. And it's just those look, those mental lapses hurt, like it would hurt anything. But it's just it's just, it's it's frustrating to see those mental lapses um, occur, especially, you know, at that point in the period. And. Another thing that I wanted to touch on actually, um, that I that I actually have in my notes is this team, especially the young guys, they need to do a far better job at communicating. Like I mean, they like it's Brett very Hedekin quiet. Always, it's very quiet yeah, down on that like, bench. Brett Hedekin always, and of course, Drew Mendes too, has always harped on communication. It's free. Like you know, you it doesn't. He he even said on broadcast, it does not take a lot of skill to open your mouth and you know talk to your guys and i think they need to do that if they can if, like communication it's the basic thing for anything so it's like you know if, if they had that i guarantee you like half the uh defensive lapses would not be there like it's just there and you know people would you know their teammates would be on the same page and it's just yeah no it's 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 definitely frustrating when that's not there yeah and and i think you're absolutely right hitting on on communication being a uh, being an issue and and i think at times the team can get so locked into individual play and we get so focused upon okay well this player's not doing this or this player's not doing that we we don't take a look at the the team mechanics as a whole right and what the team is trying to accomplish on their possessions and and right now, I think we still see a disjointed attack going through the neutral zone and going through, yeah. going into the offensive zone. Right? I think we still see a lot of breakdowns in the neutral zone, where where, yeah. where other teams can, you know, kind of swoop in and, and create, um, kind of on the fly. I I think we also don't see a lot of cohesion within the offensive zone. So there's not yeah. a lot of communication when they're down low. I mean, tonight we saw Hurdle having the puck behind the net, and poor yeah. dude. I mean, he's just waiting for somebody to come into the slot. Yeah, and it's just like, dude, like somebody talk to somebody, like you know. And it's just and then like, uh, want... the most glaring issue is in the defensive zone. No, I yeah. mean, 
you're gonna gonna kind of touch on it. I mean, in the defensive zone, that's. I mean, how big is it that they don't communicate their own defensive assignments? <laughs> yeah, no, and it's just like you. I mean, someone's someone's got to take someone. Someone's got to let them know that you know I got this guy. You get you know you got to cover that you know that guy. Like you, it's basic communication, and it's just like when you don't have your, pardon my language, but when you don't have your shit sorted out, this is what's gonna happen. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, you, you nail it right on the head, even with the exp- expletives, you know, like um, it, it's just I, I I don't know if it's something you can teach. I don't know if it's just something that is inherent because of of the players that they have. You know, is it because it's a it's a language barrier thing? I, <laughs> I, right. We, we just 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 don't know. But at this point, they I think it's clear they need to communicate. They need to communicate how they're going to execute in the offense. They need to mm-hmm. communicate how they're clearly taking everybody's responsibilities in the defensive zone. And if you had some communication, I think Fabian would have done a little bit better job in his own zone tonight. And mm-hmm. you, you talk about Thrun and you talk about the new defenseman trying to be integrated on the back end. I mean, Vlasic coming in and out, Ohutuk, same deal. So, again, those are those little basic things that we want to see and we want to see this team, you know, if they want to become a good team, that they're going to need to develop those skills. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's all in the details when it's, you know, in the NHL and it's when you, when you miss the even one detail, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Well, Felix, thank you. I mean, so much for, for going over this one. And I think we're, we're kind of, at this point, I'm going to call it a night on on this loss for the Sharks, this latest in the many of uh, in this particular uh, streak of nine. But the Sharks lose to the Detroit Red Wings five to three at SAP Center this evening. And uh, Felix, I think you wanted to talk a little bit about hockey, but you wanted to talk about uh, a new league being formed that's formed and yes. kind of rock and roll and- now. Yes, no, for sure. I think, and for those who are unaware, um, the PWHL, the Professional Women's Hockey League, recently, starting on New Year's, played their first ever game. Um, it was between the, and it was between New York City and uh, Toronto. And um, of course, tonight I was uh, watching Montreal and uh, Ottawa, those two, uh, those two teams who honestly played like they very much could be rivals by now. But um, no, honestly, so uh, New York uh, shutouts Toronto 4-0, and then Montreal. I think I let's see, let, let me take a quick peek at the final score because I honestly missed a, some of it. So Montreal, oh yeah, that's right, I did watch, catch the ending. So it was three two in favor of Montreal with. Um, with a win in overtime, uh, I do remember that. And but honestly, the whole thing with with uh, the PWHL, I just think it's it's really it's a really exciting time for women's hockey. And honestly, like it's a, a really exciting time for uh, hockey in general because this is these women have been essentially trying to prove their essentially their their place in hockey for a very long time. And let's be honest, it's been a long time coming, right? Like, it's been these women have been working their butts off. They've been they've been working hard to make sure that they are seen, that people like you know know that they are there. Um, and I think 
I believe also the uh, there was an attendance record set um, in tonight's game. If I can find the tweet, um, sorry, as while I figure that out or while I look for the tweet. Oh yeah, no, uh, no worries. <clears throat> I mean, you know, you talk. So about... yes, go ahead. Yeah. So basically, um, tonight was a record-setting crowd at 8,318. Wow. That is a hell of a crowd. That is a that, that is a heck of a crowd for yeah. you know for for being, you know, as new as it is and and again, we wish the PHWL nothing but success. I mean, it's it's very much like you had said a long time coming. There've been a lot of forerunner leagues um and you had talked about um, a little bit about just what it does for women's professional sports. I mean, it joins the wider landscape of the WNBA, and of course, it dub, uh, the uh, women's MLS, and then of course, um, over on uh, on the baseball side, of course, women's uh, women's softball. So again, I mean, it's it, it's great to see the women's game being grown. It's great to see hockey in general being grown when you have more eyes on the sport whether it's men or women it's more people getting involved it's more talent getting injected into the you know into the systems of of either leagues and it just grows more fans so oh, yeah. you know i'm all for it um it'll be interesting to see if we if we see any crossover into any majors you know any major sure. leagues um mm-hmm. you know because that's going to be the next you know the next barrier to to break and we'll see if it if it ends up happening or not you know quite frankly if you've got a goaltender and the goaltender is whatever you know whatever you you know (laughs) whatever uh race creed and or you know sex can can stop pucks i I really don't care because they have a mask on (laughs) all all games like hockey is for everyone right or it should be for everyone and um and you know what the greatest thing about this is no blackouts. Yeah, and no they, blackouts. Yeah, and they have game replays on YouTube. The streams are on YouTube. Like, I mean, it's very, very accessible to fans everywhere. And honestly, I think we can all agree that the NHL could, like, take some notes from this uh, this moment. Yeah, and I mean, definitely the NHL is in a different arc as far as how many fans they've got and and how their rights holders are being held. And so there's for, for blackouts. I mean, there is some, some business um, reasons for why they exist. And, and again, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that it's fair because I don't think it's fair, but I mean, there are legitimate business uh, agreements and, and clauses and all of that. That's way too complicated to talk about, but having said that you're absolutely right expanding the game having more eyeballs on a game whether it's via better um, access on social media or better access on other content you know creation type sites like a you know like a youtube or or like a tiktok or what have you but just injecting more hockey and just getting it more out there i think is is should be paramount for the league Yep, and as our uh, beloved Tomas Schurtle once said, fun must be always. Ah, you got it. Well, I think at that point, uh, Felix, I think we're going to start wrapping this one up and bringing it home. So let's uh, switch over just in case you missed it and you want to check us out again. 
check us out on the YouTube Rewind. Like, subscribe, hit the bell to get notified whenever we go on the air. Of course, if you're a long timer, you know we go after every single Sharks game. But if you want to check us out across your podcasting platform of choice, you can check us out on the Apple Podcast Store, the Google Play Store. Of course, as the aforementioned YouTube Rewind, you've got SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeart, Odyssey. And then, of course, we've got all of the replays up on TealTownUSA.com. And Felix, thank you so much for joining me this evening. And you've been an awesome guest what are your final thoughts on where the people can find you? Um, when these sharks miss a note, they uh, miss a whole lot more too. <laughs> and then like in just the sharks, boy, I uh, get ready for more pain, I guess. <laughs> if you're on the uh, tank train, this is a good game for you because obviously one step closer to celebrating, but also like uh, like we touched on earlier, like, doesn't matter if you get the first overall, uh, third overall, or whatever. Like, if you aren't developing your prospects properly, if you don't have the the habits needed to um, have a good team, have good cohesion, as you eloquently put it, um, it's not going to go well, you know. And it's just like you're not you you can't you shouldn't expect anything else other than basically. Um, if not a train wreck, then just disappointment after disappointment. And it's just, that's just going to build. And I think the Sharks really need to figure out how to better build on those habits and just build on those finer details. And I don't know if, whether it's, it's talking to their prospects better or like, you know, teammates helping, like whatever works, man. Like at this point, um, they have to figure it out, you know, and so... Um, but yeah. All right, buddy. Well, I don't think I can have said it any better than that. Where can the people find you? Yeah, so they can, uh, y'all can find me at Felix Talks Puck. I do tweet hockey every now and then. Um, I am obviously a huge proponent of growing the game. And uh, if you disagree with that, well, I mean, I don't know how to help you. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. But yeah. All right, dude. Well, thank you again. And uh, as far as me, um, you know, look, I, I, like I said before, Felix had hit it right on the head. You've got to start it with the organizational changes. You've got to start it with organizational structure and stability. And you've got to have the right guys in place. Um, and right now, um, there's some question marks there. Uh, as far as where you can find me, you can use my first name. That's E-R-I-K, last name L-A-N-D-I, across all of the social media garbage. And for all of us at Teal Town USA, you know how we end it. We keep it real. We keep it teal, and we're keeping it real teal. Have a good night, everybody. Have a good and, night. And uh, <laughs> check us out after the, uh, after the next one. Have a good one.